96.7 FM WTOB. You're listening to The Wealth Guardians with Doug Ray, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. I'm your host, Bryce Payne. With me is Garrett Ray. And this week, we're talking about the most important birthdays in retirement planning. So thank you for joining us this weekend. Garrett, how are you doing this uh, sincere and solemn Memorial Day weekend? Uh, doing good, Bryce. You know, I think it it is important for us all to reflect on you know the sacrifices that many before us gave uh, for us to live in the freedoms and liberties that we have uh, here in this country. Very well said, Garrett. I'm glad you could join us this weekend. Um, you know, every week we're honored to thank our military, our first responders, and their families for their sacrifice in serving our community and making our safety and freedom their mission. And going forward, we've alluded to this in the in recent weeks, going forward, we're taking it up a notch to shine a spotlight and introduce you to a specific individual out there. And if you know someone we should recognize here on the show, please email our team at info at the Wealth Guardians, and we will be in touch to get the information that we need to honor your specific loved one. So uh, we start that new tradition right here this week uh, in our first ever service spotlight segment on this Memorial Day weekend. And I have the distinct honor of dedicating this show to my father, Captain William Norton Payne, served in the Air Force as a B-52 pilot. And we were stationed. In fact, I was actually born at Loring Air Force Base in Limestone, Maine. And I don't have many uh, memories of my father, but uh, as my mother tells me, he was a Beatles fan. <laughs> his favorite uh, his favorite song at the time of his passing was Hey Jude, which, of course, everyone loves that song. Uh, he was a big Star Trek junkie, and he taught me <laughs> the love of football by watching the Redskins games with me on his lap. I didn't become a Redskins fan, but uh, I am a football fan. Tragically, uh, when Captain Payne was 27 and I was just 10 months old, his B-52 Stratofortress went down on September 4th, 1969 at Loring Air Force Base, and he and the other six crew members perished in that crash, and all seven of them are now uh, buried directly across the street from the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier at Arlington. That's a distinct honor that uh, I'm very proud of that. So, Dad... I want to uh, thank you here uh, today and every day. Thank you to you and your crew members for your service to this country. Uh, We here at the Wealth Guardians salute you in our first ever service spotlight segment. And again, remember, if you know someone who has served, please email us at info at thewealthguardians.com and we'll be in touch to get more information Uh, from you about them and we'll honor them here on the Wealth Guardian show. And Garrett, I want to take just a moment before getting into the meat and potatoes of our show, the most important birthdays in retirement planning. And I want to take this moment just to read a quote from James Garfield from May 30th, 1968. He was dressing a crowd gathered at Arlington National Cemetery. Mm. And he said this, if silence is ever golden, It must be beside the graves of 15,000 men whose lives were more significant than speech and whose death was a poem, the music of which can never be sung. So I like the sound of that. And that was James Garfield, May 30th, 1868, addressing the crowd gathered at Arlington National Cemetery. Powerful words. They are. Thank you. All right. So, Garrett, let's uh, I said, Doug, you're not Doug sitting across from me. You're Garrett sitting across from me. So, Garrett, uh, what we're talking about here today, this morning, is the most important birthdays in retirement planning. Tell me a little bit about what we're talking about here. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I think that uh, when when kind of people proceed through life, you know, there's a lot of emphasis put on some of the younger birthdays. Age 16, I can drive. Age 18, I can finally vote. 21, I can have an adult beverage or two. But uh, if we're talking about retirement and that window before retirement, we really need to be thinking about um, some key ages as we get closer. Um, And so the first one is age 50, Bryce. What is so key about age 50? So actually something does change at age 50. Uh, You are probably familiar that you are contributing to an IRA or a 401k. Maybe at this point in in this stage of life, you've become aware of that there are maximums that you can contribute into that. Well, if you're under 50, to contribute to an IRA or a Roth, that maximum is $6,000. What you might not have been aware of is that once you are 50, they up that maximum to $7,000 in an IRA or a Roth. There there are certain uh, income limits that might uh, dim that down on the IRA side, but you're basically, in general speaking, you're allowed to contribute $7,000, not just $6,000, once you turn 50. But what a lot of people aren't aware of in your 401k, there's that same catch-up provision that happens. So assuming that you made this much, you're allowed to contribute $20,500 into Mm -hmm. your, be it a 401k, a 403b if you're in the healthcare field or you're a teacher. If you work for the government, there's a thrift savings plan instead of a 401k that you might be contributing to. Well, if you're younger than 50, that limit is 20500 again, assuming that you make that much. But mm. what a lot of people aren't aware of is that there is a $6,500 kick-up or catch-up that you're allowed to make once you're 50. So that 20500 becomes now $27,000 a year contribution. <laughs> again, you have to have made that much, but a lot of people aren't aware of that. So if you are wanting to contribute as much as you can to your 401k or your uh, employer-sponsored plan, and you thought that you were maxing it out, and you never upped that after you turn 50, well then, you know, I've got some good news for you. You can certainly up that. Uh, Unfortunately, there's not a catch-up provision to the catch-up. So if you're now 52 and didn't realize, like, oh, the last two years I could have been contributing more, yeah, sorry, that that door is closed on you. But you can now contribute going forward, but you just can't go backwards. So that's our first date that we get to. And before we get to another date here, Garrett, age 55, We've got some upcoming um, seminars, some workshops. Tell our listeners about what we're uh, what we're doing here. Yeah, we surely do. Um, you know, been paying attention. The markets are a little bit wild right now. Um, I so. didn't notice, really. <laughs> <laughs> just just a touch. Just a hair. Yep. Um, so <laughs> the seminar we're going to be doing is retirement success in turbulent times. Um, that will be held June 9th and fourteenth at six thirty p.m. We're in Clemens, North Carolina, at the historic Broyhill. How do you sign up? Remember, the workshop is always free to you, but seating is limited. So give us a call at 336-391-3409, or you can always visit us online at thewealthguardians.com under the events tab. Very good. 336-391-3409. As Garrett says, there is no cost to attend, but we do have to know that you're coming. And you know what a timely, we already did that uh, seminar, Garrett, earlier on in the year. Yeah. And... Uh, Turbulent times were starting then, and they haven't slowed down whatsoever. So we thought, well, let's go ahead and do this seminar again. So turbulent times, uh, retirement in turbulent times. Absolutely. All right. So let's move on to our next date. What's our what's our next birth date in retirement that we need to be aware of, Garrett? Yep. So the next one that I'm curious to hear your thoughts on is age 55, another milestone before we enter retirement. Age 55 is an interesting one. This one might escape the attention of a lot of people. You might have been aware of the age 50 and some of the other ones we'll go through later on. 
But what happens at age 55 is somewhat interesting. Most people don't retire until somewhere in their 60s. Yep. Well, you're allowed to touch your money, your IRA money or your 401k money at age 59 and a half. Mm. Most yep. people, if you touch it generally before that, there's going to be some kind of penalty. There's always some kind of exceptions, but the IRS is going to swatch you with a fee or a fine for touching your retirement assets before 59 and a half. But there's an exception to that rule. Let's say that you retire at 50. Now you have me interested. Okay. So let's say you retire at 55, but all of your money is saved in a, uh, in a 401k or an IRA. Okay. And you're retiring. There's no longer a paycheck coming in. Well, you obviously haven't turned on Social Security yet because you can't until another birthday that we're going to talk about in a few minutes. <laughs> well, then where are you supposed to get your funds from? Well, if you've rolled your monies over to an IRA and you take money out of an IRA before 59, there's a problem there. You're going to get fined. But what a lot of people don't realize is that if you had left some of your money in your last employer's 401k and didn't roll okay. it all over to an IRA. So I'm just doing a partial rollover now. Partial yep. or none at all. Okay. You are allowed to take money out of your last, your most recent employer's 401k at 55 Mm. without that penalty. So everyone thinks, well, wait a minute. I know I can touch my money at 59. Bryce is telling me, the Wealth Guardians are telling me that I can touch my money at 55. If you have retired and you're not collecting a paycheck anymore and that money is still in your 401k of your most recent employer, yes, you can. That is what I am telling you. But a lot of advisors don't know that and most of the general public isn't aware of that. Interestingly enough, we did we are working with somebody right now who was aware of this. He wants to retire at age fifty five. Yeah. He was aware of this rule. He's an engineer. He looked this up and he was aware of this, but one thing escaped his attention. He wasn't aware that it had to be his most recent employer's 401k. Well, he uh. just changed jobs. So his most recent employer's 401k is still pretty light. Yeah. But his old employees were working with them for 20 years. So that 401k is pretty heavy. So we're kind of thinking, well, what do we do in a case like this? He can't touch the old 401k. Well, there might be a possibility that we do a rollover from his old 401k, at least part of it, to his new 401k. To his existing, yeah. If they will allow it. Now, not every 401k allows you to bring new monies in from an old 401k. Some do, some don't. So we've got to look into that. But if we can do that, then that would be the answer to this. That would be the solution to this problem here. Garrett, I don't know where the time went. <laughs> We've only talked about two of these. We've got a lot more dates, birth dates to uh, to get through here. But uh, before we go to our break and then before we come back from our break, uh, we do have our trivia question for the week. Garrett, are you ready? I am ready. All right. Let's do our trivia question. It's time for the Wealth Guardian's trivia question of the week. Garrett, what was Memorial Day formerly known as? Was it known as Armed Forces Day? Fallen Heroes Day, Veterans Day, or Decoration Day? We will get the answer to you and from Garrett on the other side of this break. This is Bryce Payne. With me is Garrett Ray. The show is The Wealth Guardians, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. And this is 96.7 FM WTOB. 96.7 FM WTOB. You're listening to The Wealth Guardians with Doug Ray, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. I'm Bryce Payne, along with Garrett Ray. Doug is still off. We'll be back with us next week. And this week, we're talking about the most important birthdays in retirement planning. Now, before we get to that subject and before we get to the trivia question, I've got a question for you. Are you five to seven years from retirement? Do you want to confirm that you're making the best decisions for retirement? 
I hope you answered yes to that second one. If you answered yes to the first one, well, then I've got good news for you. We offer a no cost, no obligation, second opinion review of your current portfolio to see if we can help you retire the job and keep the paycheck. We are fiduciaries, we are retirement income certified professionals, and we are retirement specialists. But you do got to give us a call. We're 336 391 3409. That's 336 391 3409. You can also reach out to us at our website, thewealthguardians.com. We look forward to hearing from you and seeing what services and help we can provide in helping you retire the job and keeping the paycheck. Now it's time to get to our trivia question. Garrett, are you ready? I think I'm ready this time. All right. You were two for two now. So let's <laughs> see if we can make it three for three here. Let's do the hat trick. Garrett, what was Memorial Day formerly known as? Was it known as Armed Forces Day, Fallen Heroes Day, Veterans Day, or Decoration Day? Okay. Um, I actually don't know this one. I'm going to have to take an educated guess. Um, I'm going to go with A, Armed Forces Day. Oh, oh so sorry, Garrett. <laughs> you you were you were riding high there, but actually, it was known as Decoration 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 Day. Day. Wow, okay. Yes, so it was originally known as Decoration Day. It was a time for the nation to decorate the graves of the Civil War dead with flowers, and then it became Memorial Day um, was when it was known after World War II, mm. and it was declared an official holiday in 1967 and was first officially recognized as a holiday in 1968. Okay. All right, Garrett. Uh, I'm sorry you didn't go three for three there, but that's okay. <laughs> that, was a, that was a good one for us to have. Let's move on now to those most important birthdays in retirement planning. We covered age 50 already, and we covered age 55, yep. why that one was important. Yep. What's the next one we've got in the list? Yeah, so this next one's uh, one that's probably a little bit more well-known for people who are getting close to retirement, but it's worth uh, going over and reviewing. So the next age we have, Bryce, is age 59 and a half. What happens at 59 and a half, Garrett? At that point, you know, you are able to withdraw from your qualified accounts without the early withdrawal penalty. So you still have taxes on uh, a lot of those, but, you know, Roths, you get a little bit different, but... Anything else, still have taxes, but no early withdrawal fee. You'll always have taxes on anything that is IRA, what's called a traditional retirement plan. Mm -hmm. That would be an IRA or your traditional 401k. You're always going to have to pay taxes on that because all that money is pre-tax. But like you said, if it's a Roth, you never have to pay taxes on that. But if you try touching any of those accounts under most circumstances, there's always some exceptions. But <clears> under <throat> most circumstances, if you're not 59 and a half and you try to withdraw monies from an IRA or Roth, or 401k, or your TSP plan, or whatever you might have, the government's going to swat you with a 10% fee on that. Yep. That's harsh. That hurts. So once you turn 59 and a half, now the government says you are eligible to touch those monies. Out of all of the ones that we're going over here today, that's probably one of the better known ones. Most yep. people are aware of that. The other ones, uh, 1555, uh, if you uh, if you missed the first part of our show and you want to go back and listen to it and see, well, what, gosh, Bryce Garrett, what <laughs> happens at age 15 and 55? I missed that. Go to our website, thewealthguardians.com, and listen to the first part of this show. And uh, we have all of our um, all of our radio shows uh, on our website, but it'll tell you right there what happens at those. All right, so that's 59 and a half, yep. well-known one. What do we got next, Garrett? Uh, next age that's important is age 62. And this is when you can start to get eligible to enroll into Social Security. To file for your Social Security benefits. So Social Security is one of the three legs 
of the uh, retirement planning stool or the retirement income stool. You've got Social Security, mm-hmm. you've got your investments, yep. and then you've got pension if, if you have a pension. So some people don't even have that. So if you don't have a pension, you've only got your investments and your social security is going to be your forms of income, then it's one of the two legs of the stool and you really want to make sure you're treating it right. So 62, Garrett, is when you can first file for social security again. There's always some exceptions, but under most cases, filing for your primary benefits starts at 62. Right. A lot of people that we talk to have no idea how to file for Social Security. That's one of the sure. main things that they want to come in and talk to us about is they're getting ready for retirement. They've heard us on the radio. Maybe they've sat through a seminar or two. We are certified with the National Social Security Association to talk about this subject, so we are knowledgeable about it. There are thousands of different ways to file for Social Security. Of those thousands of ways, most of them, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them, are the wrong way for you to file. (laughs) That's very true. So you want to whittle it down to at least the couple of best ways for you to file. And to be perfectly honest, filing at 62 for most people is not the most sensible or what we call the optimized way of filing. Well, there's some reasons for that, and we'll get into that here in just a minute in another one of our age or our birth dates here. Mm -hmm. So we're going to put a pin in that. We're going to talk some more about Social Security in a second because there's another birth date coming up. Yep. Okay, so having said that about age 62, what's the next birth date that people should be aware of out there, Garrett? Yep, so we got another significant one here, uh, age 65. This is when we're eligible to file for Medicare. So this is a key one. You're eligible to file for Medicare at 65. If you are still working Mm. and you have an employer-sponsored health care plan, you do not have to file right. for Social Security, and there wouldn't be, I mean, for, uh, for Medicare, and there wouldn't be a penalty for you to do so as long as you've got proof that you are on some other type of uh, qualified health care plan. But if you are not, right. you do want to file for Social Security because you can be making some huge mistakes for yourself that's going to cost you an extra health care costs forevermore. Yeah going forward. The government does not like it when you don't file or you are not enrolled in some kind of qualified health care plan by 65. So yep. if you are not working, you want to make sure you're signed up for um, for Medicare there. And even if you are working, you can still sign up for Medicare. In fact, I would say it's, it's a sensible thing to do just to make sure your bases are covered. Now, an interesting thing about Medicare is if you have already filed for Social Security, they take the Medicare cost directly out of Social Security. So it's mm. like you're automatically enrolled into, into Medicare if you've already filed for Social Security. The nice thing about that is that they can never increase the Medicare costs more than what the cost of living adjustment was in your right. Social Security check. So if they only give you a 2% cost of living adjustment, what we call a COLA, in Social Security, well, then you know that your Medicare costs will never go up more than that 2%. Right. But if you have not filed for Social Security yet, and you're paying for Medicare yourself, and let's say over the course of the year, they've kicked up the Medicare costs 5%, well, then you're paying that full 5%. So yep. that is, that is. but if, if your Social Security was only a 2% COLA, well, then it only kicked up for you 2%. That is one of the few exceptions to why it might make sense to file for Social Security earlier, but it's not a huge reason. Okay, right. very good. So SH65 is you're now eligible for Medicare. You no longer have to front 
healthcare costs yourself. Let's get on to these other ones here, Garrett. Yep. So uh, next one is kind of a, a range of ages, and this has to do, again, we, we had mentioned Social Security before. We're going to talk about it again here. It uh, has to do with the year in which you were born, but ages 66 to 67, eligible for full retirement age for Social Security. Okay, so we talked a minute ago that at age 62 is the earliest that you're allowed to file for Social Security. But there is something called a primary insurance amount, PIA is what mm. we call it in the business, also known in more layman's terms as your full retirement age benefit. That is the age and the benefit that you, that is the, the benefit that you get at the age of your full retirement age. Well, de- like you said, depending on what year you were born, your full retirement age is somewhere between 66 and 67. Once you turn that full retirement age, now you're eligible for your primary insurance amount. Having said that, that still is not necessarily the best time for you to file for Social Security. Right. Keep in mind, Social Security grows at 8% a year from ages 67, or for some, 66, to age 70, every year that you don't file for Social Security. I'm going to make that a little bit more complicated. It technically grows at one-twelfth of 8% every month month, that you don't file for Social Security. That is a guaranteed growth rate of 8%. That's pretty incredible, Bryce. Can you name me another investment out there that has a guaranteed growth rate of 8%? Tough to find. It'd be very tough to find. I'd like, if you know it, I'd like to know it. Now, I know some people out there will be smarties and say, hey, Bryce, I-bonds right now. Yes, and very good. I-bonds are right now paying more than 8%, but that is not guaranteed for the next four years. But So that is a guaranteed rate of return on your Social Security, 8% up until age 70. That is key. That is one of the factors, one of the reasons and why we suggest not filing for Social Security until you need the money or until age 70. Okay. Now, Garrett, before we get to the next one, Mm -hmm. we've got some seminars coming up here. We talked about it in the first segment. You might hear our uh, advertisements on the radio here coming up for them. Yep. Go over the details again of what uh, workshop we're doing for people out there right now. Absolutely. So if you've been paying attention to the markets here lately, it's been a little bit of a wild ride. The seminar we have uh, for you is Retirement Success in Turbulent Times. Seems pretty appropriate. Uh, June 9th and 14th. That's at 6.30 p.m. here in Clemens, North Carolina at the historic Broyhill. It is free to you to attend the workshop, but seating is limited. So how do you register? You can always give us a call at 336-391-3409, or you can visit us online at thewealthguardians.com under the events tab. Easy as that. All right, 336-391-3409, our Retirement in Turbulent Times workshop. We do expect that to be uh, filled up, so make your reservations early. All right, uh, Garrett, we've got one more here to get over, and we've, we're heading close to the end of the show here. Yep. What's our last uh, birth date, uh, the most important birth dates in retirement planning that we should be aware of? Yep, so at age 72, we're going to be forced to start to withdraw some money, so that's RMDs, Required Minimum Distributions. So what an RMD is, is you've saved, you've worked hard, and you've saved hard in your 401ks, and you've, tr- you've rolled those over to IRAs at some point in your life. You're 70. You've never been forced to take money out of your, your retirement accounts before, but you've heard something called RMDs, and <laughs> you, you don't know quite what they are or when they start. Well, it used to be 70 and a half. In 2020, they changed that to 72. So once you reach 72, the government is now forcing you to start taking money out of your traditional 401k or your traditional IRA. Right. 
That's a taxable event. Why would the government force you to do that? Because they want to collect the taxes on those monies. There are some ways to avoid RMDs, legal ways to avoid RMDs, and there are some ways to avoid paying taxes on some other RMDs if you do have to take them. We would love to sit down and share with you what some benefits of knowing these strategies are, but you've got to reach out to us. 336-391-3409 is our phone number. We'd love to hear from you and see how we can help you. Garrett, that's all the time we've got. Uh, I do, again, wish you a sincere Memorial Day weekend. Thank you for joining us. This is Bryce Payne. With me is Garrett Ray. The show is The Wealth Guardians, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. And this is 96.7 FM WTOB.